Hey there, what's up all you podcast listeners? Welcome to what is definitely not the second go-round of this most recent episode of Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia, the podcast that never loses audio files and never has to do Maybe we can set up a paywall just so you can release your half of the episode that I deleted. (laughs) Just listen to that half so they could get half the, uh, I think I did something like that one time on, oh, some old podcast. Maybe it was uh, the old 90s podcast I used to do. I feel like there's one. Well, there was the one I recorded. I'm I'm the problem. We're like, I think it was when we did the episode one. Episode one of the Clone Wars, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I, like, my file was, like, corrupted a little Mm -hmm. bit or something, and, like, all of the time was off. (laughs) yeah. Something like I that. Think, I think that is the one that, yeah, I re- re- we released it as not like an official episode just because I was like, well, we recorded this. I'll put it out anyways. And it was, <laughs> I don't know if anybody has tried to listen to that, but it would have not worked. There was also one time when I had accidentally uh, just put out a, a podcast that was like where just my half of the audio was on there. And I don't remember what uh, Seth and I were talking about that particular episode. Uh, but yeah, like, I only knew that because somebody like, uh, like, tweeted me, I was like, uh, only half the audio is in this podcast, and so also, we <laughs> could not just hear only you talking about the times when, like, you're silent, and, like, you know, normally the sound you're making are, you know, being covered by the other person talking, we could just hear, hear you, like, sitting there, and, like, you know, shuffling about, and, like, you know, making, like, mouth noises, and stuff like that, <laughs> like, well, I'll get that down as soon as possible, but this is Chris and Matt, Skin Book of How did I end up on that podcast? <laughs> I think I just, uh, that was when uh, Split Slider was a thing, and I yeah. would just oftentimes message people who also wrote stuff for Split Slider. Right, like okay. Find them, be like, hey, want to be on this podcast? And then uh, sometimes people would be like, sure. And sometimes people would not get back to me. <laughs> uh, and then but, All those all those hot shots over at Split Slider. <laughs> yeah, they would, who would go on to be co-workers of mine at Uproxx in some occasions and be like, hey, remember that time we were supposed to do that <laughs> thing together? And you, you said, sure. Me. And then you stopped replying and that article never got rid of, that podcast never recorded. What I'm saying is, shout out to Josh Kerp, who's been at Uproxx for many years now, who uh, on multiple occasions either did not write an article together with me, he said he would do, or did not show up on a podcast he said he would show up on. Uh, but he's doing just fine, so good for him. I like his writing. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> he's a nice guy, and he's a talented guy, and I interacted with him when uh, we were both at Uproxx. But, uh, yeah, I just have, like, distinct memories of, like, you know, a couple of, like, specifically of him, uh, you know, f- not following through on something he said he was going to do or whatever. Perhaps because he was too busy with more important things. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. This is Chris and Matt's Skim Wikipedia podcast where we uh, sort of, I guess, skim Wikipedia. But we, yeah, we had an episode we recorded. It was full of, obviously, it would have been our best episode ever, without a doubt. But it's really the, uh, the Magnificent Ambersons of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's like a, it's like the version of um, A Star is Born, like the Judy Garland one, not the Lady Gaga one. Where like they would re-release it, but like so much parts of it were like missing. They like they had the audio, but they didn't have like the film. So they would just for like five ten minutes at a time have like stills from those parts of the movie with the audio playing under it, and you'd like 
people would still try and watch it. And I had a film professor try to show us this. I'd be like, this movie's not good when we can see what's happening. It's, it's really not good when we're just watching stills with, like, we're not watching, oh, God, that was that, the, the Chris Marker movie that was the basis for Twelve oh, legit, Monkeys. Legite? Yeah, which is, like, the same thing, but that's a little different because it's a stylistic choice, not a, well, it's a cool we movie. Lost it is pretty good. Yeah. It, it, well, it's short, too. Oh, yeah. It's, a it's short like movie. 20 minutes or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a sh- short film, and then it became the basis for 12 Monkeys, which I watched for the first time semi-recently, and it's not bad. I like that movie. Yeah, it's solid. Uh, it probably had more of a punch in, like, in the 90s yeah. uh, than it does now, but Brad Pitt's crazy in it, which is yeah, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's that very fun in that movie. I believe he was uh, nominated for an Oscar for that Film. Uh, he's never won an Oscar uh, for acting. He's won Oscars for producing. Such probably, a... probably get a probably get a nod this year. Oh, he'll get nodded. I don't know if he'll get a victory because he's. He should get be... a, He should get a Best Actor nod for Ad Astra. He's very good in that. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It's good. Uh, but I, I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where I imagine he'll lose to Al Pacino for his role as Jimmy James Hoffa. You think Pacino's yeah. gonna win, win for that? I th- I'm. I don't know. I think I don't know if he will. <laughs> I think there's a good chance. I think that's you know. I mean, he's Al Pacino. I thought he was very good. I, I mean, I wrong. think he's. I think he's the best performance in the movie. I do too, actually. Um, followed by Joe Pesci, and followed then, by Anna Paquin. <laughs> oh man, uh, not 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 saying much of that movie. Uh, it's like one of those things. Like I don't know if you remember in Superman Returns, but one of um, Lex Luthor's henchmen is Cal Penn. But oh, wow. Cal Penn says nothing in the film. And this is, like, post uh, Harold and Kumar, so he's, like, kind of a star already. But it is so distracting watching <laughs> him henchman around and saying nothing because, like, he's named in the opening credits. Like, I know who he yeah. is. Give him a line. Uh, obviously, Anna Paquin's role in The Irishman is very different from Cal Penn's. Yeah, yeah. But it is, like, that same kind of thing where it's just, like, I know who you are. I want yeah. you to be doing like a little bit more. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, oh, they're like sometimes like oh, what's the movie I saw? I saw another. Well, I think there's a there's some movie I saw recently where it's like oh, clearly people just want to like be in like this movie and they're willing to take like a small role. It's not like Daniel Craig as a stormtrooper in the Star Wars one where you don't even see him, or like <laughs> Kate Kate Blanchett in Hot Fuzz. Where she's like wearing like a, a mask or whatever. She's like she just wants to like you know goof around and be in like a the movie that followed Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. but like she doesn't want to be distracting or what have you. Or like when I watched the end of uh, Sven Gulli the other evening and CM Punk showed up for no reason. For <laughs> what is what? What did you watch? I was watching Sven Gulli. Like well, I wasn't watching it. I caught the very end of Sven Gulli. Who's like the horror host guy on MeTV. Yeah, there's a movie and, about him. No, I was watching the show. Oh, and see, a punk was just on it. Yeah, like at the very end of it, like I, I flipped <laughs> That's over wild. to his, yeah, and like, uh, and then he's like, oh, it's like, oh, he's like, oh, it's Phil, Phil Brooks, CM Punk, and like, and it's like, all oh, right, because I was, it was uh, weird because like at first you just see his arm and there's like this like, random tattooed arm and he's doing a lot of business with just his arm, and then mm-hmm. like it's like, oh, it makes sense why that was happening. It's because he's uh, a celebrity stopping by the visit with Sven Gulli. Who is showing some Bert I Gordon? I'm assuming movie with a rear projection of like a lizard being a dragon or what have you. It seemed pretty bad, but that's you know the that's par for the course. But 
before we go further into this particular conversation and discussion of whatever we discussed today, uh, a brief recap of what everybody missed in the episode that was lost. Uh, we talked more about home improvement. We talked, we talked about uh, Al. We came, up, we came up with a great closing, <laughs> closing oh, yeah. uh, new, sign off. Closing line that will. Yeah, we'll, 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 you'll hear it later. Yeah. There's uh, Al, Al Borland, uh, Al Borland talk. We talked about how Wilson has a PhD. We talked about how apparently in one episode it was noted that uh, when Heidi lies, her breasts twitch. Um, we talked about um, various uh, crossover movies, uh, including like uh, some WWE stuff and the Flintstones one, Vince McMahon. It's called Vince McMagma. We made note of that. Um, extensive talk about... Frosty and Rudolph's Christmas in July or something like that, where Frosty's dating a woman or a snowman woman. <laughs> oh, we missed all that great Frosty sex talk. <laughs> yeah, talking about Frosty uh, having sex with Crystal, his snow woman bride. We talked about the Frosty movie where um, apparently there's a rabbit that's prominently involved named Hocus Pocus. Oh, was there anything else that came up? Or was, I think that was just, oh, we talked about that Christmas story movie or Christmas toy movie. Not Christmas story, but... Uh, Christmas toy with about the toy that's toys that die. But speaking of Christmas story, that movie sucks and I hate it. I hate that every year. Oh, I love that movie. Oh no, it's so bad. It's it's so bad. I thought it was bad since I was a kid. I think it's bad now. Why? I can't. St- it's terrible. It's not funny. It looks awful. The acting's oh, bad. I love the look of that movie. No, 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 no. The look is. It garbage. looks so cool. It looks beautiful. It's hot garbage. I hate the look of it. the look of that. Is nauseating. It's nauseating the way that movie is shot. And cinematography and edited and the everything about it and this and it's not funny at all. It's like profoundly not funny. It's just like it's got it's got some. I mean, like I probably don't laugh at it anymore, but no. you know, it's got some good jokes. It's garbage. I hate that movie. It's so bad. It's like it's one of the Christmas movie Christmas movies that like it's like ruins whatever channel it's on because it's like oh, I can't flip over to that channel. I'm not gonna catch. Did, did you know they made a sequel to the Christmas Story though? Yeah, Summer Story with, uh, what's it, Charles Grodin? I didn't see that one. This is such a Chris take. <laughs> no, it's so bad. Uh, no, but I'm talking about specifically A Christmas Story 2, a 2012 film. Oh, directed yes, I by did Brian know about Levon, that. Uh, taking place in 1946. Ralphie's now 15 years old. Daniel well, Stern's in it as Mr. Parker, a.k.a. Well, the old man. What I like about A Christmas Story, uh, the look of it. First of all, no, no movie no movie gets tinsel better than Christmas Story, but it also has the same look as Bob Clark's Black Christmas. It has like the same <laughs> kind of like soft focus and like warm kind of color palette that, that Black Christmas has. And I love that he directed these two Chris, like absolutely polar opposite Christmas movies that have the exact same like shine to it. It's awesome. Oh, Wow. Uh, you know, also to talk about on last episode was these these really bad Scooby Doo TV movies, and the guy who directed them is the same guy who directed A Christmas Story too. <laughs> oh, Brian... I was like, oh wow, to my opinion of A Christmas Story. <laughs> no, I but was listening. No. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Brian Levant, who I just like, you know, because I was talking about he directed A Christmas Story too. He directed. Snow Dogs. He directed the Flintstones and the Flintstones Viva Las Vegas. He directed Jingle All the Way. He, oh my gosh. He, Get out of my way, box. He directed Problem Child 2 and Beethoven. And he wrote Beethoven's Big Break and that Leave it to Beaver movie they made in 1997. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I didn't. But we've talked. I think we talked about it before, and then I talked about the professional wrestling guy who was his gimmick with Beaver Cleavage, and then he was like he broke character and became 
just known as Chad, and then the gimmick was that he had been beating his girlfriend, but it turned out he wasn't. She was faking it. <laughs> uh, that seems really inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Brian Levant, man, this guy's been working forever because he wrote on Happy Days and The Jeffersons and Mork and Mindy. And then he was like directing like TV. He directed like Charles in Charge. He directed Married with Children. And then he was the executive producer and wrote this teleplay for Puchinski. I don't know if you're mm. familiar with Puchinski, the failed uh, pilot. I, I, wrote, I wrote about it for Splitsider. Ah, perfect. Probably the first place I heard about it was you writing about... Puchinski. Let's see how uh, the SEO on that article is doing. Let's see how what it ranks. Yeah, I don't know uh, if any of my old Splitsider articles. Are oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! It's right under the IMDb and the Wikipedia. Nice. Sick. Uh, Fucking nailed it. Yeah. Uh, what, it's, what? it's great that like all of all of my articles for Splitsider got like bumped to Vulture articles yeah, now. I, know, I really love that. Now I can I can say in my resume I've written for Vulture. <laughs> yeah. Really got a nice promotion for yeah, it. Yeah. I've I've yeah I've. Uh, oh man, uh, poor Brian Levant. This is like the only one of the only paragraphs he's got on his uh, Wikipedia page. Levant's work is generally disliked by film critics, with his highest rate of film on Rotten Tomatoes being Little Giants at 36%, and his lowest rate of film being Problem Child 2 at 7%. Two movies that I loved as a kid. Yeah, I saw Little Giants, but I don't remember much about it. I mean, Rick Moranis is in it, so it can't be that bad. Uh, I mean, it's him and Ed O'Neill. I mean, I remember liking it a lot, but I was a child, so I don't know. I liked many things as a child, except here's another... It's except for A Christmas Story Yeah, no. I would say another movie that's washed in like old timey nostalgia and is actually like and like shitty like that movie is the fucking Sandlot sucks. Oh, I used to love that movie. Sandlot is bad. You it's really not... don't like movies that like like look back fondly on the past. Not necessarily. I mean, well, I'm not against. I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really good, and that's a movie that's you know. But like, no, I don't like. Maybe I. Oh, I was gonna say, I Maybe it's a even, kids' movies that uh, like, yeah. or like family movies that are like that. Maybe I don't know because it's like I was gonna say like it's not that I'm against like that like 40s or 50s bullshit either because I like stuff actually from that era. Like I like the beach blanket like movies and like you know beach party. I was watching Elvis's Viva Las Vegas. For and you were watching the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas, which is the <laughs> ultimate nostalgia piece. Yeah, <laughs> nostalgic for the time when people ate giant ribs on their cars and, and there was Dino. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. Dino, talk but, about yeah. a real throwback Thursday. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Talk about a real women woman crush Wednesday. Yeah. Um, talk about a man crush Monday. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, so in Viva Rock Vegas, there's oh that's right. This is the one where everybody was replaced by a bunch of dipshits that nobody cares about. <laughs> Isn't Stephen Baldwin in it? Yep. And uh, who plays Fred? Mark Addy. Mark Addy. Yeah, he's not a famous guy at all. But James I've been Cal- I've been sitting on the 2002 remake for Andy of the Magnificent Amberson <laughs> since we started this podcast, but I don't think we're going to get to it. But it's no. got an interesting cast. So but there you I, go. I will say that uh, with you know no disrespect to all parties involved, uh, Betty got a real, as they say, glow up in the second one because uh, Rosie <laughs> wow. O'Donnell was replaced by James Wow. Wow. I mean, Jake Krakowski does rule. Yeah. Uh, wait. Replacing. Okay. So this, the casting is kind of amazing. Uh, so it's Jane Krakowski, Alan Cumming, uh, Harvey Korman, and Joan Collins. Joan Collins? <laughs> yeah. 
the Joan Collins. The siren from that one episode of Batman 66, which is a show yeah, the, the whose look I re- from... <laughs> That's a show whose look I really like, so... <laughs> but, uh... So, yeah, this dude, this Mark Addy dude, he was in The Full Monty as one of those people. He was in the Jack McFrost movie. Uh, Jack see. McFrost? His character's name is Mac MacArthur, which is why... I accidentally uh, almost. Oh, okay. Knew. I was like, I was like, oh, John Cho is also in Viva Rock Vegas. Rosie O'Donnell is also in Viva Rock Vegas, but she plays the octopus giving Wilma and Betty messages. <laughs> O'Donnell, it's, that's like a real, um, that's a real like, uh, you know, uh, universe caving in on itself. Uh, Tony Longo is in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Mel Blanc, but it's uh, archive footage because I think he was dead at the time. Will, uh, Hannah and Barbara are also in this movie. Kristen Stewart is also in this movie. Wow. This is and, like a real, this is like God's, that production of Godspell that all those. Uh, yeah, like Marty Short and Gilna Rather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That Martin Short Viva, the Viva Rock about. Vegas is the version of that. Yeah, like if you, talk, if like you catch Martin Short having a serious conversation, like where he's not like just doing bits, he'll be sure mm-hmm. to bring that up. It's like his yeah. like, number one talking point that he makes. But uh, this Mark Addy dude, most recently perhaps, uh, you've seen him. In 25 episodes of some show called Atlantis, where he played Hercules. Oh, he's also in seven episodes of the first season of Game of Thrones mm. as Robert Baratheon. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is because I gave up after the pilot of Game of Thrones because I thought it was. Well, sucked. then you definitely saw Robert Baratheon. He's maybe. the king. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I did. Then, oh, uh, you know, you, you want to know what the Razzie. I'm still on Viva Rock Vegas. All right, go for it. Okay, so. Uh, Viva Rock Vegas, first of all, and Margaret sings his theme song. Of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, it got terrible reviews, but it was nominated for a number of uh, Razzies. Naturally. Uh, including for We're Supporting Actress for Joan Collins. So Joan <laughs> Collins took time out of her life to be in this goddamn movie and then gets a Razzie nomination yeah. for it. But also, uh, Stephen Baldwin got a Worst Supporting Actor. Uh, and Margaret's song got worst song, worst on-screen hairstyle for Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> the remake or sequel, no one was claiming for, clamoring for, and most unfunny comic relief, Alan Cumming as the Great Gazoo. Wow, Mick ja- slash Mick Jagged. Yeah, that's uh, hmm. pretty. Oh, Taylor Negron played Gazam slash Gazing. I don't know. If that's like some sort of like riff on uh, the oh, Kirsten Stewart as the Ring Toss Girl. Uh, Pretty crazy cast. Jim, I want to see what the great Gazoo in this movie looks is like. horrifying. Yeah. It is so awful looking. I I want to like jump off a building. It's oh, horrible. Uh, so, yeah, it was nominated at the 21st Golden Raspberry Awards, aka the Razzies. I'm going to see. Oh, I mean, that was the year of Battlefield Earth, so they didn't stand the chance because I imagine the Battlefield. Yeah, Battlefield Earth had eight nominations and seven wins, so Battlefield Earth was crushing it that year but then not win worst actress because nobody was up for it in that film it said madonna won let's see uh worst screen couple went to john travolta and anyone sharing the screen with him in battlefield earth <laughs> and uh let's see here uh, did not win worst, worst remake or sequel that went to book of shadows Blair Witch 2 uh but this is mostly a year for victories for battlefield earth uh Take down Battlefield Earth, which I guess usually the Raspies are kind of like a, a dub thing where they're going to take down a weird sort of like a 
Scientology sort of like a you know propaganda piece. I guess that's sort of like you know one of the better things that the uh, whatever gold. easy target. Also an easy target. It was like Perhaps. nothing was like no one was taking any uh, time not to dunk on uh, Battlefield Earth that year. Yeah, but uh, well, uh, in 1995, the winner for worst screen couple of the Razzies was. Any combination of two people or two body parts from Showgirls. Bad, bad, bad call. It it beat out Dave Foley and Julia Sweetie in It's Pat, a movie that I can only imagine has aired aged perfectly. (laughs) I only remember the, uh, the only part of It's Pat I remember is when, like, It's, uh, when Pat, like, is lowered into a Ween concert and, like, their pants fall off or something, and everyone at the Ween concert sees Pat's genitals. <laughs> Which is so specific. That's kind of amazing. I think yeah. it's not the best SNL movie. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's the best one, yeah. Uh, worst, uh, let's see, other sort of, oh, um, any combination of two characters, body parts, or fashion accessories from Spice World. Uh, Spice World rules. Yeah, <laughs> I don't um, need this. Uh, the winner, the, du- the winner, the director of uh, hold on, who directed it? Brian Levant. Oh, the du- the writer of Viva Rock Vegas uh, was the du- co-director of Josie and the Pussycats. Oh man, that can't hardly so wait. Good. A very Brady sequel. Oh um, man, and then and then made a bunch of movies that aren't so good, oh. uh, such as Surviving Christmas. Uh, is this director? Oh, okay. Uh, these are movies that they wrote. So they, they co-directed Josie and the Pussycats and Can't Really Wait. This is Deborah Kaplan. Um, yeah, Deborah Kaplan. She did a great And they job wrote a very Brady sequel. But they also, uh, she also wrote Surviving Qu- Christmas, Maid of Honor, and Leap Year. Mm. Uh, three movies that are nothing. Yeah, but they're not like <laughs> uh, bad, but they're not good oh she was married to brecken meyer oh they're wow. divorced they're oh. divorced r.i.p <laughs> <They're married. laughs> uh, but, but i like the a lot of this woman's work oh yeah no josie and the pussycats <laughs> is a really good movie actually, yeah if you want to see alan cumming giving a scenery chewing performance that's actually good watch mm-hmm. josie and the pussycats also parker posey giving a scenery chewing performance is actually good and uh you know some the winner of 2001 golden raspberry for worst screen couple Tom Green and any animal he abuses for Freddy Got Fingered, which <laughs> I do I do love Freddy Got Fingered. Where uh, one of the weirdly is a is a uh, elephant that he jacks off. <laughs> well, one of the Nama sprays Rip Torn with elephant cum. Yeah, R.I.P. to Rip Torn. A Rip Rip Torn. A a real good sport. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird because it doesn't seem like he'd be. A uh, good sport, but apparently is. But I want to say that one of the nominees that he beat in 2001 for worst on-screen combo was Mariah Carey's Cleavage for Glitter. Was one of the... Did take it down to Mariah Carey's boobs? Yeah. No, that was just like the 2001 one of the nominees for worst screen combo was Mariah Carey's Cleavage. Yeah, I there of all the things to take take I on know. about yeah. glitter, they're going right for Mariah's boobs, which I feel like is rude. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a real weird one. Like that's a real weird choice. For how about how about like Mariah and any song? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen glitter. Maybe it's good. Man, the all the oh fuck off to them for two thousand six, where they gave a nomination to Sharon Stone's lopsided breasts. Go to hell. <laughs> what movie was that for? Basic Instinct 2. Oh. 
You know, the the, the Razzies are gross. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> yeah, 2005, it was... They're Jake. like an award ceremony based around that Seth MacFarlane song, I Saw Your Boobs. <laughs> well, they only did a couple times. In 2005, it was Jamie Kennedy and anybody stuck sharing the screen with him. It's Son of the Mask. Jenny McCarthy and anyone dumb enough to befriend or date her in Dirty Love. Rob Schneider and his diapers in Deuce Bigelow with Leopold Gigolo. And uh, Jessica Simpson and her Daisy Dukes in The Dukes of Hazard. What what's their weird problem with like women's bodies? I mean, I I don't know who like runs the Razzies, but I have to imagine it's a bunch of gross, horny old men. <laughs> yeah. And then like uh, Nicholas Cage in his bear suit in the Wicker Man got a nomination, but it lost out to uh, Sean Wayans and either Kerry Washington or Marlon Wayans in Little Man. Uh, <laughs> any combination? Of- they they like really go in on like bad comedies. Yeah. Which is, like, almost unfair because, like, no, every bad comedy is, like, impossible to watch. So there's no way, like, anyone watched these movies. Yeah. And then, like, uh, in 2007, any combination of two totally airheaded characters from Bratz, the movie. Uh, (laughs) And then there's, let's see, Eddie Murphy in Eddie Murphy and Meet Dave. uh, Eddie Two uh, or more Jonas Brothers and Jonas Brothers, the 3D concert experience. Uh, they could see a worse screen couple. Uh, and then started like ragging on, uh, you know, uh, Kristen Stewart and people in the Twilight movies. They've got a real heavy taken down Twilight sort of sense uh, in their couple sort of section. Hmm. Worst screen combo: uh, Jaden Smith and Will Smith on Planet Nepotism in After Earth. And then you mm-hmm. got you know the uh, ooh Lindsay Lohan and Charlie Sheen in Scary Movie Five. Kirk Cameron and his ego in Save for Saving Christmas, that one. Uh, Kellen Lutz and either his abs, his pecs, or his glutes in The Legend of Hercules. <laughs> Taking down a Johnny Depp and his glute-on mustache in Mordecai. Uh, and then in the same year, Kevin James and either his Segway or his glute-on mustache in Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. <laughs> and then also nominated the year, Adam Sandler and Eddie Pair of His Shoes for The Cobbler. And then... They got oh they got very very much into like fancy like wording and stuff like uh, in uh, Ben Affleck and his BFF baddest foe forever Henry Cavill in Batman vs Superman John, Dawn of Justice Johnny Depp in his vomitously vibrant costume and Alice through the Looking Glass the entire cast of once respected actors in Collateral Beauty Tyler Perry in that same old worn out wig and Boo uh, Medea Halloween and Ben Stiller and his BFF barely funny friend. Owen Wilson in Zoolander 2. <laughs> Man, they really are tired of that uh, wig because that very next year they nominated uh, Tyler Perry in either that ratty old dress or worn up wig in Boo 2 on Medea uh, Halloween. Johnny Depp and his worn out drunk routine in Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead Men. War, worn out drunk routine. <laughs> and a combination of two characters, two sex toys, or two sexual positions in Fifty Shades Darker. Uh, 2008, it was Johnny Depp and his fast-fading film career in Sherlock Gnomes, but lost to Donald Trump and his self-perpetuating pettiness and death of a nation in Fahrenheit 11.9. So that's uh, what one worst on-screen combo in 2018 was Donald Trump and his perpetuating pettiness. <laughs> ben, ben Affleck's been nominated for this award five times. Apparently the, they got a real beef with Ben Affleck at the old Razzies. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something called the Razzie Redeemer Award. 
I don't know what this is all about. Uh, is 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 that like when they like realized that like they were wrong or something? Uh, is an award presented as at the annual Golden Raspberry Awards to a past Razzie, a nominee, or a winner who has subsequently become a respected artist and come back from critical commercial failure. Uh, the first winner was Ben Affleck. Then Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Ben Affleck for Argo and Gone Girl. Then <laughs> Argo, fuck yourself, right? They, they gave. Remember Argo? Yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. It's fine. <laughs> In 2016, they decided to give the Razzie Redeemer Award to Mel Gibson. Oh, what the fuck? For what? Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah. That wasn't out yet, was it? Directing Hacksaw Ridge. In 2016. <sighs> I can't believe. He, like, quietly made Hacksaw Ridge. Like, I, I don't know anyone that's ever seen it. Have you seen it? No, because I know it's just him. But I really... Yeah, I really, but, like, then, like, he gets, like, a bunch of Oscar nominations. Yeah, I really have to say what won in 2017 the Razzie Redeemer Award. The winner okay. recipient was a safe Hollywood haven from a history of Razzie-worthy behavior on fitting for an industry of artists... Two, where our talent is protected, nourished, and allowed to flourish with proper compensation. So that's what they did in 2017. Just like an ode to Hollywood? (laughs) I think they tried to be like, hey, Hollywood needs to get better. I think it was like an anti-Harvey Weinstein sort of thing. Yeah. Like, hey, Hollywood, get your shit together. We're the Razzies, and we want you to get your shit together. Yeah, everyone's listening. Yeah. Time's up. <laughs> if 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 the uh, if whoever I don't know who runs the Razzies. What the? F- uh, uh, I got very distracted. It was <laughs> this uh, Razzie rant. Yeah. Co-founded by UCLA film graduates and film industry veterans John J B Wilson and Mo Murphy. I don't know if they're still running it, but uh, they were at some period of time. Uh, John. Do J- they still do it? Well, this is. Do, May, do well, they still? Judge. Oh, 2000, yeah, the 39th Golden Raspberry Awards. Okay, oh. yeah, they still do it. Yeah, John J.B. Wilson's still alive, uh, honoring Raspberry Razzies, uh, Golden Razzies, do 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 official book in 2005. Uh, yeah, so basically it's just John J.B. Wilson. And for some reason, this shit just got popular for whatever mm. reason that like, this one random guy... I guess, like, if I, like, when I was, like, a teen, like, when I was, like, 14, I thought the Razzies are really cool, and I have to imagine that, like, that is just kind of, you know. Yeah. Like, that's, like, their audience. Yeah, 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 I assume so. Like, it was, like, uh, started in 1981, and so this guy was, let's see, so he was, like, you know, yeah, like, uh, some guy, like, it was, like, apparently just, like, the first time. He was just hosting like a dinner at like his house the night before the Academy Awards, and he invited his friends to give him impromptu award presentations in his living room. And then the following year, the LA Daily News covered the event and called <laughs> it the first Golden Raspberry Awards. Uh, and so that's basically a tense stumble that Razzie's award ceremonies in the following years. And by the fourth Golden Raspberry Awards, the event received coverage from CNN and two major news wires. <laughs> uh, so basically, yeah, it was just like him and his friends were having some fun and then like uh somehow the la daily news got word of it and then things sort of like went from there and so it suddenly like you know it's just like a thing it just became a thing man <clears throat> last year Gotti really got shut out they had a bunch of nominations they didn't win any um the redeem the Razzie redeemer award from Melissa mccart she won for can you ever forgive me what was her other like 
Uh, I don't, like you know, like the Happy Land murders and like. But uh, the Happy Land murders was like the Happy Time murders was all over. She won Worst Actress that year and the Razzie Redeemer <laughs> Award. Wow! Yeah, well, she got redeemed for the same thing she was doing that very year. I didn't see Happy Time murders looked really terrible, so I didn't see it. I was interested in it when it was like announced because. Yeah. Um, what Jim, uh, Jim Henson's son directed it, yeah. and I always really liked the Muppet Christmas character uh, Carol, which he also directed. Um, but I don't know, like, you know, like cartoons or puppets, like being like dirty, like gets old so fast. Yeah, and I got old extremely fast. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, we need to have some home uh, home improvement talk before we end this episode because this is a. I watched part of an episode recently. Uh, <laughs> why do we have to? Why do we have to do this? That's <laughs> what we do now. It's our. It's the home improvement corner where um, uh, Brad. Uh, he was like, uh, I guess it was, it was late in the series' run where Brad is about to head off to college or whatever, uh, and he is planning to get engaged to his girlfriend. Who's played by? I don't know if you know the actress Maggie Lawson. Like, <clears throat> um, like she, I'm not sure. She's been in some TV shows and stuff, and like she's you know around. Like she usually like gets like a like a TV show and like that goes like for only a few episodes and it gets like you know uh, canceled or whatever. But like uh, I recognized her and like she was playing the potential like fiance. But they're like, well, Brad, uh, if you like um, you know get engaged or what have you, we're uh, not going to pay for you to go to college. And so Brad and uh, this lady call off the engagement. And I saw also a piece of another episode. It was also a late period episode where Brad and Randy are both going on dates and uh, they are both wearing the same shirt and they have to decide who gets to wear the shirt on the date, which is a Seinfeld episode too with the Kramer and Mickey or whatever. But so that's, and then like Mark. But it, but it was it was much funnier on, on Home Improvement. Oh yeah, definitely. Because Mark chimes in. This one, like Mark is like older. He's sort of like, I don't think he's quite full goth yet, but he's like uh uh, oh, what does he say? If I have to, oh, he's like, if I have to like uh, dress like that, uh, I don't want to get a girlfriend. And then like Randy has some sassy line to give him about like they won't, they won't, you'll be rejected based on like your personality, not the way you dress or whatever. <laughs> and I don't know where it went from there because I didn't keep watching it. But uh, so yeah, home improvement. They keep showing it like all the time on the Laugh Channel, and if I'm watching TV on like my over the air sort of like a. Uh, Atena TV channels or whatever, I will flip over to it and see what's going on in the world of home improvement. So I will always be here to uh, provide home improvement updates to the discerning public who loves their home alone. Wait, no, home improvement. They, which home alone is like the anti home improvement because he's destroying the house in many ways in order to, uh, you know. Well, then again, who do you think would win if, let's say, Tim the Toolman Taylor was trying to break into the McAllister home? Oh, I guess he's very accident-prone to begin with, so he'd probably, he'd for sure get taken down by Kevin McAllister if Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern couldn't do it. But maybe Al Borland would have better luck. That's the movie I want to see, the Home Alone, <laughs> Home Improvement crossover. That's the movie I want to see. Where Tim the Toolman Taylor and Al Borland are trying to break into the McAllister home, and they're, like, going through all the stuff, and then maybe Wilson's involved. Oh, Wilson, because like, he's, like, the wise neighbor. Wilson, like, could take out um, uh, the old man neighbor, Marley or whatever his name is. I don't remember. I, but, like, uh, Wilson would be like, 
taking him out. Like, Kevin's like, oh, no, where's the old man to save me? Where's the South Bend Shovel Slayer to save me? And, like, it's too late. Wilson took him out. And uh, then, I don't know, Heidi shows up or something. I don't know. Anyways, this has been Chris and Matt's Skim Wikipedia. The podcast sure has. We talk about home improvement and the Razzies, which are two topics we talk about very frequently, I feel like. But at least we got to talk about the film career of Brian Levant. Way to go, Brian. Uh, way to have Make Little Giants, which is your most popular movie with a 36% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, powered by Rick Moranis. But uh, thank you, uh, Gabber Media, uh, for you know putting the podcast out into the world. If you wherever you like, you know, get this podcast, you can like leave a review or something. That's a thing you can do. That would be great. Um, go to at it's Bazooka Joe on Twitter uh, for the times when I actually am doing my whole Bazooka Joe uh, marketing thing uh, there. It, it's intermittent, but it's happening. And Matt, <laughs> assuming that uh, this episode actually gets to go out of the world, is there anything you would like to tell the people? Uh, no. Uh, I think that's also... Uh, officially when we found out that you're Matt and I'm Chris because I said this is Chris Metzke in Wikipedia but I don't think we introduced ourselves and now here we are at the end of the We gotta get better at this. (laughs) Finally introducing ourselves. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for to get good at this? I don't know. I think we're good in our own way. We're like, uh, yeah, this is, oh, this is like when I wouldn't like you tell your mom that you wish you were good at something. She's like, you're good in your own way. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, not a podcasting because my parents don't listen to podcasts and my grandmother only just found out what they are. My dad thinks all podcasts involve people being interviewed, but that's kind of true, except not always, not this podcast because nobody would ever want to come onto this and, uh, be party to this. Uh, particular brand of nonsense but this has been chris and matt skim wikipedia and now to give out uh use our our new every single episode signing off phrase borrowed from one episode of home improvement i talk about all the time naked sex time